catching you up on the latest stories from around the Sunshine State that you should know. Heading into this Friday morning, February 24th, I'm Reagan Knight, and this is The Point from WUFT News. Former President Jimmy Carter has entered hospice care this past week, and WUFT takes a look back on his legacy. I spoke with the director of the Bob Graham Center at UF, Matthew Jacobs, as he reflects on Jimmy Carter's life, especially his life after the presidency. One of the things that's really interesting about the Carter presidency and legacy is that it's hard to imagine a greater gap between how his presidency is remembered in sort of the the popular public discourse and how his post-presidency is remembered in the popular public discourse. There's no other president of modern times with the sort of post-presidency legacy that Jimmy Carter has. Habitat for Humanity is kind of the domestic thing that most people think about, but the Carter Center has been involved in election monitoring, civic engagement, civil discourse in over 80 countries around the world, and is actually probably the most active post-presidential nonprofit foundation, whatever you want to call it, you know, relative to what others have done. And it's been hugely significant, again, in a way that sort of differs significantly from what a lot of folks think about his presidency. And so that's the first space is just thinking about how he's engaged in ways that are really very different from how a lot of other presidents engage or, or past presidents engage. So, for example, he's not really been that interested in going out on the stump to campaign for people. Did it a little bit here and there, but very different, say, from Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, Donald Trump. You know, George W. Bush didn't, hasn't campaigned that much for, for other folks either. But Carter really sort of decided he was going to use the Carter Center and create his post-presidency legacy on, on his own terms as opposed to attaching his legacy to, to others in that way. What is one thing that you can take away from President Carter's recent years in his life? I'll go back to the Carter Center and its work on democratization, election monitoring. And that's not just in the last 10 years, but it's been a a point of emphasis over the last 10 years. President Carter was actually here at the center in 2015 on a very different issue. So Rosalind Carter had published a book on mental health. She was actually supposed to come speak, but she fell ill. And so her backup was former President Carter, who actually still came and spoke on on mental health as as the centerpiece of of that talk. Uh, You can view that on our YouTube channel, the Bob Graham Center uh, YouTube channel. But so he's had these kind of different stages of even his post-presidency, right, where he's been heavily involved in very specific international issues. He's been involved more generally in international issues. Then he's focused very specifically on issues Habitat for Humanity, mental health, even the Teaching Sunday School up until the last you know year or so, in his very local community, right? You know, so he has really maintained that principle of engagement at all levels: the local, the state, the national, the international, through community and defining community, right? Not just through the offices, but through an understanding of community, community needs, community engagement. Do you think that President Carter's presidency is looked back more so as a victim of the times compared to his life after the presidency? So when Carter's coming to the presidency, there's a lot of other stuff going on that he has to manage. And to be fair, he doesn't necessarily manage it all well, but a lot of it's also on his plate as he's coming into office. 
deindustrialization up in the, the upper Midwest and the, the Northeast is already taking place and starting. There's a lot of those kinds of questions that are out there that required very careful management. And at times, you know, that, that was a challenge for them. And so then when you add on to that, especially the Iran hostage crisis, you can't overstate how much that really hurt his presidency. What is one thing that you can take away from President Jimmy Carter's life? I think, first of all, the deep commitment to being a good human being, right? And it didn't matter what the office was or if he didn't hold an office, meaning obviously in his post-presidency life, uh, he was committed to humanity and committed and remains committed to humanity, right? You know, to, to trying to help people live out their best lives and their best principles. And I think that's the, the most important legacy across his presidency and post-presidency. That was the director of the Bob Graham Center here at the University of Florida, Matthew Jacobs. And now let's listen in to former President Jimmy Carter when he was here at the University of Florida in 2015. We're making very good progress on uh, on doing away with some of the major health programs. The Carter Center, uh, for instance, last year, we treated 39 million people for diseases that are characterized as neglected tropical diseases by the World Health Organization. That's about twice as many people as live in the state of Florida and the Carter Center treated that many people. That was former President Jimmy Carter speaking at the Bob Graham Center at UF in 2015. Now, let's catch you up on today's top stories from around the state. About 60 protesters of all ages stood across the street from Florida State Prison singing hymns, praying, and speaking in opposition to the death penalty as convicted murderer Donald David Dobeck was executed Thursday night. According to WUFT, Dobeck was sentenced to death row in 1991. He is the 100th person to be executed since 1979. Last execution was in 2019. The city of Newberry has canceled their April election. According to Main Street Daily News, Newberry opened its qualifying period on Monday for candidates to run for mayor and two city commissioner positions. But after qualifying closed at noon on Thursday, only the incumbents had filed. A bill cracking down on fans who intentionally interrupt live sports entertainment events is heading to its final committee stop in the House with updated language targeting people or companies that pay the disruptors. According to Florida Politics, the House Criminal Justice Subcommittee unanimously voted to advance HB 319, which would make running uninvited onto a field, stage, or other area hosting live sports entertainment a first-degree misdemeanor punishable by up to $2,500 and a year in jail. Subscribe to The Point Newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox every weekday morning at 8 a.m. Visit WUFT.org to subscribe and view the most recent issues. I'm Reagan Knight, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida's College of Journalism and Communications. Have a great weekend.